0: We are so glad that you're joining us again this week as we continue to dive into some of the most amazing parables taught by Jesus. This week, we will hear about the unforgiving debtor in the latest message from the series, Parables. In this story, we will see the importance of showing others the forgiveness we have received from King Jesus. Here is high school pastor, Kevin Nunnery.
1: All right, real talk. How, How was starting back school? Everybody excited? no no hey that's honest what uh what's your favorite subject you probably were asked that more when you were younger what's your favorite what's your favorite dismissal is not an option math okay art that's a good uh that's a good one the tennis courts recess lunch okay who who said math who loves math that's your favorite okay a lot of math people over here who you? Who would say math is the dreaded bane of your existence? It is a tool of the Satan to come against us. Yeah, totally get it, totally get it. Tonight, unfortunately, for those of you who raise your hands, uh, we, we are going to be doing a fair amount of math, but I have already done the work for you, and you will not be judged on show your work or not. Do you, do you remember that? I would always get in trouble in high school for uh, not being able to show my work. Like I had the right answer, but my work didn't necessarily reflect that I got there the way they wanted me to get there. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Anyway, tonight, yes, we're looking at the Bible, but yes, there will be math. Uh, We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 18. So if you didn't grab a Bible in the back, you can do that now. Uh, And we also have handouts uh, for you as well. Is it a little dim in here? Is that just me? Just me. Fair enough. I'm getting old. Maybe my eyes are starting to go. Hey, there we go. Someone someone helped me out. I appreciate that. Matthew 18, 21 through 35. We are in week two of our series, Parables. We're going to be looking at stories that Jesus told. Just while some people are still moving to stay on theme. Does anybody have a teacher? You know that if you can get them to tell in stories, like that... That's the class. It's it's a wrap. I see some head nods. You're like, if we can just ask them what they did this weekend, that's 30 minutes gone, right? It's actually a terrible thing to do in class, but you know, you do you. Uh, We're looking at stories. Jesus was not distracted by these stories. He told stories on purpose. He told stories to illustrate uh, some key principles, and stories are more memorable than just making flat statements. So tonight... We're going to look at this story. It's called the parable of the unforgiving debtor. And so we'll walk through and just unpack a little bit of it at a time. Matthew 18, beginning in verses 21 and 22. Then Peter came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Uh, In July, we did a series called Sorry. We talked a good bit about forgiveness, and tonight we'll kind of underscore some of those things. Uh, One of the questions I asked you last month was, is this literal? And And the clear answer is no. Jesus is not saying forgive somebody who can do that math real quick. Jesus is not saying forgive 490 times and on the 491st time like they're dead to you. That's not what he's saying. He's making this example that we should continuously forgive people. It's a big deal. So if you've got your hand out number 1 for you tonight is a question, how much should I forgive? How much should I forgive? And you may have never actually thought about it in those terms, but a lot of us do have a limit. And maybe you even said that like, hey, I'm at my breaking point. Hey, I'm at my limit. Hey, I just have to kind of walk away like I'm done. Maybe someone said that to you. Maybe you just continuously sabotage that relationship and they're just like, hey, you know what? I'm out. I can't do this anymore. Like you've crossed the line that I can't I can't forgive you anymore. I can't walk with you anymore. We can't be close anymore. You got to ask yourself, how much should I forgive? If what Jesus is saying tonight is to be taken Uh, and applied to our lives, the answer is quite a lot, quite a lot. So we keep reading. Jesus is going to set the table for this story. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. Okay, does everybody understand the setting? And let me be very clear before we dive all the way in. This is a made-up story. These people are not real. Jesus is saying like, hey, it would kind of be like this made-up scenario, but just imagine if you can, there's a king and he has servants and some of them owe him money. And so he decides it's time to collect, let's bring them in and I'm gonna get my money right, I'm gonna get my books right. All right, so this is a made up story to teach a point. We keep going. In the process, verse 24, one of the debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife and his children and everything he owned to pay the debt. Let me unpack the back part of that verse first. You're like, that is cold and harsh. That's above and beyond. Actually, that was a common practice back in the day. You could be sold into prison along with all your loved ones to pay your debt. And so the king has this man who owes him what this translation, the New Living says, millions. Does anybody have a different translation? What does yours say in front of you? Anybody different? Speak up. 10,000 talents, you're like, what even is that? Get ready for some math and here we go. So, 10,000 talents is what this man owed. One talent was 6,000 denarii. You're like, cool, this is getting worse. Now you're making up new words. You're right, just stick with me. One denarii was one day's wages. So, if you went and worked in the field for somebody, you would get paid one denarii. Okay? It was just like, it's what you got paid for one day's work. One talent is worth 6,000 days. You see that? And this guy owed 10,000 of them. So let's keep math in here. One talent is 6,000 days wages. 6,000 days is about 16 years worth of work. And this guy owed 10,000 of those. So we are talking about 160,000 years worth of work every single day. And honestly, I was kind here because they would not have worked every day. They'd have only worked six days and honored the Sabbath. So rounding significantly down, 160,000 years worth of work. Do you see like Jesus is speaking so hyperbolically, you're like, no one could have actually owed this much, right? This is a big deal. I'm not done mathing. Let's keep going. This is 60 million days. So what I did is I looked up what is the minimum wage in America, and somehow it's still seven twenty-five. It's going up, and I know many of you make like double that working at Chick Fil A, serving Christian chicken. That's wonderful. I'm happy for you. Okay, God bless you. You're able to be off today and be here, but at seven twenty-five minimum wage, working eight hours a day, that's fifty-eight dollars a day. So if we take fifty-eight dollars a day times sixty million days, millions is actually kind of a poor translation. We're looking at close to three and a half bba bub-ba-bah-ba billions with a B. You see that this is a massive debt. I love you. Look right here at me. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. You're smart. Ain't none of y'all going to make three and a half billion dollars in your lifetime. Probably if you do, holler at me. Okay. I'll be here. I'll be here, but this is a significant debt. You, you get that? Like you, you cannot miss how heavy this is and get the rest of the story. You tracking with me? Even those of you who can't math. All right. So he owes almost three and a half billion dollars. The man fell down, Matthew 18, 26, before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Don't miss what he asked for. What did he asked for? More time. He did not ask for the debt to be forgiven. This fool said, hey, just give me a little more time. I promise I'll pay it off in my one lifetime. And we are sitting here knowing it would actually take 160,000 lifetimes. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen, guy. Please be patient, I'll pay it all. Verse 27, then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. This is a big deal, massive. Number two on your handout tonight is this, Christ's forgiveness is radical. Christ's forgiveness is radical. Here's what I'm afraid we do sometimes. We come in church and we sing these songs about grace and mercy and forgiveness and we look at these scriptures and we're like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I get it, I get it, I get it. Or yeah, I get it, Kevin. You talked about this last month. Now you're talking about it again. You must be out of new material. False. Why are we talking about this again? Because Jesus talked about this a lot and most of us don't actually get this. We just kind of brush right past it. Yeah, I get it, Jesus forgives us. Christ's forgiveness truly is radical. It's not a small thing, it's not an insignificant debt that you and I have been forgiven. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and the wages of our sin is death. Now, three and a half billion dollars in this pretend story is a big deal. Your life, can you put a price on that? I'd say no. And Jesus said, hey, you can't possibly actually pay this, so let me do it for you. He gave his life that we might be forgiven a debt that we could never pay. And so when we come in here and we look at scripture like this, we sing songs about forgiveness, man, don't don't get such a hard heart that you move right past it. In Christ, you have been forgiven something you could never repay. Don't be like this guy. Be like, ah, it's fine. I can do more good than bad. I can even even this thing out. It's not how it works. And even if it was how it worked, you wouldn't be able to do it. The master was filled with pity and forgave. Filled with love, moved to compassion. He forgave something this person could not ever possibly hope to repay. Don't miss that. That's a good story, right? We could stop right there but unfortunately the story actually does continue. Pick it up in verse 28. When that man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. I don't know about y'all. If someone rolled up on me and grabbed me by the throat, there are no rules at this point. I'm doing what I gotta do, okay? And this is not your pastor encouraging, fighting. I understand Jesus did talk about turning the other cheek. I'm just telling you, I'm a fallen man. and If you grab me by the throat, I'm coming for you. So be warned, don't grab me by the throat. This is, this is significant. And again, it says a few thousand dollars. Your, your translation says that. If you had a different translation, it might say a hundred denarii. So again, let's walk through some of this. One dinari is one day's wages. So we're talking about uh, a little over three months worth of work. And so again, if we do that thing where we say about $58 a day in today's monetary minimum wage, we're talking about $5,800. Now hear me, that's not chump change. Anybody in here just got $5,800 you're just trying to let go of? Anybody? Anybody, Madden comes out this week. Come on, anybody, help a brother out. No? All right. Uh, It's not insignificant, but if we stack this up versus the other debt, it's a big deal. So we're talking three months worth of money versus 160,000 years. We're talking $5,800 versus $3,480,000,000. If you wanna really run the math out, which I did just for fun, The difference in those debts, it's 60,000 times more. This guy literally just left from the king, had been forgiven this massive debt. See somebody owes him a little bit of money. He's like, I'm going to choke you out until you give me my money. This is a big deal. So his fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it. He pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. The exact thing he was begging to not have happen to him, he turned around and did it to somebody else. And the dark irony here is this guy actually could have paid the debt. Like it's not a small amount of money, but it could be done. He had just been forgiven something he could never, ever pay back if he had dozens and dozens of lifetimes. And for some chump change, it's really not. But for by comparison, chump change, he has the guy thrown in prison. So this is not on your handout, but I want you to see from this verse that people are always watching. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened, Matthew 18, 31. Listen, some of y'all are out here professing to follow Jesus on a Sunday, but then when you get to Woodmont or Malden or Hillcrest tomorrow, you're out there living a whole different kind of way. People are watching you. Word gets around. The number of conversations I've had, some of y'all are in this room, some of y'all, I haven't had the privilege of this conversation with you yet, but I'll tell you, I heard something, you're like, how did you know that? I am not a wizard. I don't follow you around. I don't have a crystal ball. People talk. They just do. I hear things, and if I hear things, I promise you other people are hearing things. Everybody saw how this guy was forgiven, and then they saw how he treated this other man, and so they went back to the king, and this is the confrontation that the king has with him. So he called him in and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy for you? If you were with us last month when we were doing our sorry series, this point will seem familiar. Number three, forgiven people forgive people. Forgiven people forgive people. That's not hard to remember. It's basically the same two words, (laughs) twice over. If you claim to be a Christian, and I know many of us in this room say, yeah, I follow Christ. Yeah, he's my Lord. Yeah, he's my savior. If that's true, you must forgive other people. And it doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean there's not deep wounds. It doesn't mean you might not need some counseling. It doesn't mean you might need a mediator. It doesn't mean that it's gonna be a perfect restoration of the relationship, but you gotta forgive Forgiven people forgive people. This guy had been forgiven so much and would forgive so little to others. If you claim to follow Christ and this is how you want to live, do me a favor. Stop claiming to follow Christ because your witness, your reputation is doing us no favors as we try to advance the kingdom. Better yet, start to embrace this forgiveness and show it to other people. You have been forgiven a whole lot if you're a Christ follower we are called to do the same. The story has kind of a grim ending. Um, It actually gets pretty rough for this guy. The angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's That's a little extra cherry on top. It wasn't just prison, he's now being tortured in prison until the debt had been paid. And what do we say? Can this debt be paid? No, so this man is being tortured for the rest of his life. Pretty grim. And then Jesus goes, that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. You're like, man, this doesn't seem like a super happy, loving Jesus. I would tell you, actually, this is incredibly loving of him to help us understand the depths of the forgiveness that we have been shown. But man, that's rough for the person who refuses to forgive. You see you got a box on your handout for your bottom line. It's this. Forgiveness changes everything. Forgiveness changes everything. You know this. You've experienced it in your relationships. Sometimes you get into stupid arguments with somebody, but because you love them, you choose to overlook it and forgive. I just went on vacation. I literally drove straight back from the beach, dropped my family off and came here. I took a shower, I smelled pretty bad. Here's what I want you to know. When you vacation with little children, it is stressful. Adults in the room would say amen, but y'all don't have to do that. I I don't need your amen, because I know it's true. I just lived it for four days. Today, we stopped to get some lunch on our way uh, back from the beach. We had leftovers because, of course, what we ordered for my son, that he told us he wanted. He didn't want. Anybody ever seen that happen? I know, right? It was spaghetti, and uh, we got in the car, I like to keep my car very clean. Somebody who will remain nameless did not close the spaghetti very good. It spilled out in my car. I was very mad. And I might've shared some words with that person who was driving the car. And then I realized two things. One, my wife is driving the car right now. So let's maybe be a little kinder to her. Two, My wife did not do this on purpose. She is not my enemy. We are on the same team. I am a ding-dong who does a lot of dumb stuff every day and she forgives me constantly. I can overlook a very small thing like the spaghetti not getting closed, which I've now already cleaned up. It's not a big deal. And I can move past it. And you're thinking, wow, Kevin, you really are petty. You're right, I struggle. I'm growing in this, I'm not a perfect person. have a lot of growth that I need to work on in forgiving people. And you're like that again, that's so stupid. There's nothing even to forgive as an accident. You're right. I'm just trying to be honest, but you do the same stuff. You're petty too. Sorry. Like you are, you hold on to slights and perceived wrongs and you just won't let go of them when you've been forgiven so much more. Your sins put Jesus on the cross. I'm not trying to beat you over the head or make you feel bad. I'm just telling you, your sins put Jesus on the cross. And if you are walking in the forgiveness of a relationship with Jesus, my friend, we gotta be willing to extend some grace and mercy and forgiveness to other people. Because forgiveness changes everything. It changes your relationship with God and that should change your relationship with others. So I'm gonna invite the band to come back and and we're gonna sing about this grace. And I've already told you, sometimes we sing about this and we just move right past it. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to consider these lyrics. I want you to consider how forgiveness can change everything for you. Is there a relationship that you have that if you're honest is not in a great place because you're holding on to something? Who do you need to forgive? Is there somebody that you need to go to and ask them to forgive you? That takes a lot of humility, a ton to go, hey, I was wrong, can you forgive me? It's not some magic spell or incantation, it's just taking some humility to go and say, I was wrong, can you forgive me? I imagine that's true for a lot of us. We need to ask for some forgiveness or go show it. But even more important than those earthly relationships and the forgiveness that takes place there, Somebody in this room might need to experience the love, the grace, and the forgiveness of Jesus for the first time. If that's you, can I just tell you again, there's no no magic spell. There's, There's nothing that you have to say. You don't have to walk an aisle, do it a certain kind of way. You can just pray and tell God, I was wrong. Can you forgive me? Start there. I promise you the debt that you have, you can never repay, but he loves you enough. He takes pity and mercy and grace upon you to forgive you, if you'll just ask so do me a favor would you close your eyes would you just reflect for a moment just be still be thinking where am I with Jesus where am I in my relationships God as we enter into this time of worshiping you Let us not worship just with our lips, but with our hearts, our souls, and our minds. If there is someone here who needs to experience your forgiveness for the first time, Jesus, I pray that you would give them the courage to just say to you that they were wrong and ask you to forgive them. We rejoice because we know you are faithful to demonstrate that grace and that mercy and that compassion. You will always forgive us because you will always love us. Help us, Jesus, to live out of that forgiveness, to show to others the forgiveness that's been shown to us. Help us not to be like this man in this story with a bitter, selfish heart. Help us to love our family and forgive them help us to love our friends our teammates our co-workers our classmates and forgive them give us the courage and the conviction to go to others and ask them to forgive us holy spirit we sang earlier that we wanted you to fall like rain be present in this moment convict us and lead us as we sing we love you it's in christ's name
0: It is so important to remember how much we have been forgiven. A few weeks ago, Pastor Kevin reminded us that forgiven people forgive people. So in the light of the immeasurable debt that we have been forgiven, we can and should forgive others. Read through Matthew 18, 21 through 35 this week and look for opportunities to practice forgiveness because forgiveness changes everything. Have an amazing week.